following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and I am joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He is a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar. R-Double from the mean streets of Long Island. What's up, bro? How's it going? Once again, we are without Leo. This is like the new normal now. Now we don't have the ghost of Leo. Leo's just not even on the show anymore. Yeah, he's just, he, he died. He's, <laughs> he's got to be resurrected again. So for those that don't know, Leo right now is very, very busy. He's working on the new studio, the new home of Lucha Outsider show, the new headquarters of Los Radio. A lot of big things are happening. But yeah, Leo's not going to be on. I don't know. Maybe he'll be on next week. We're not really sure. Yeah, you know what? It'll be worth it in the end. He's doing a lot of work to uh, ensure that we have a great future here with the Lucha Outsiders. So uh, it's all right. We'll give him a pass for for these next few weeks or however long <laughs> it takes. But yeah, we'll we'll see we what still happens. Got a new episode up up for everybody. So we're we're still doing our thing here, even though it's like not the normal way we do it. But it's something. It's something. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's better than nothing. I think that for me, the best part about doing the podcast and not doing it on Facebook Live is that we don't have to deal with the peckerheads. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't have to deal with that crap, you know. Dude, how are you, man? Yeah, man, I'm I'm doing good. I, I can't really complain. Um, you know, just another week down, a, a lot of stuff to talk about to get into. So, uh, yeah, ready to roll. How about you? How, how was your week? I'm all right, man, hanging in there. You know, just excited to talk about some wrestling because there is a plethora, which is a, a, a word that we like to use every time we do a show because there's a plethora to talk about both good and bad. Yeah, yeah, oh man, there's always good and bad. It's never just consistently good or <laughs> consistently bad, for that matter, so. Alright, before we get started, give me a minute. Hashtag, it is Red Bull time. Alright, dude, I hate to say this, but we have to start with some bad news. Once <laughs> again. Uh, condolences to Frankie Kazarian. His father passed away last week, and this one kind of... Uh, it hit a nerve with me in uh in the sense like it just it sucks, man. I couldn't I, I don't know the feeling of losing a parent. I have I am going through some things and I can only imagine how it feels. And uh Frankie posted, I think on Twitter if I'm not mistaken. He might have shared it on Instagram too, but he posted a a beautiful tribute to his father on Twitter and you know, condolences to him. It, it's it's crazy because 
he has this big angle last week with wow. Christopher Daniels, you know, the ending of SCU. And I'm sure, while they ever knew it was coming, I'm sure emotionally it must have affected them because they've been tied to the hip for so long for, you know, TNA, Ring of Honor, and now AEW. That happens, and then right after that, his father passes away. I'm sure that it it's, you know, he's he's probably like a, a big ball of emotions. Yeah, man, tough week for him. Um, you know, just, I guess when it rains, it pours. You know, I, I, I love that saying. I hate it, but I love it, you know, because it's so true. Because when, when one thing goes bad, it just seems like everything starts to go downhill that way. And that's kind of what happened with Frank Kassarian here. So condolences to him uh, for on the passing of his father. It was a beautiful tribute that he put out. A lot of great support from everybody all around the wrestling business that has worked with Frankie for, you know, years and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, between that and the split from his longtime partner in crime, CD Chris Daniels, uh, it could not have been easy. So, yeah, definitely condolences to him. And, um, you know, curious to see where Frankie goes from here because I, I always loved him. I think he's a great talent. Seems like a great dude. I mean, I did meet him uh, a while back. He was an awesome guy. So, uh, yeah, condolences to him on the loss of his father. Did you by any chance to see uh, Being the Elite this weekend, the intro with Christopher Daniels? Yes. Yes, I did. It was... Uh, deep. Deep. Boy, boy, it was it was powerful. Yeah, it yeah. really was. That was very deep. I, I recommend everybody to go check, it, check that out. And I also actually have a Frankie Kazarian story. So many, many moons ago, when TNA was still at its height, you know, when they had Sting and Kurt Angle and AJ was like the old AJ of old and it was like during like the main event mafia era. So me and my girlfriend at the time, they kept on promoting Bound for Glory. I was a big diehard TNA fan at the time. So they yeah. kept on promoting Bound for Glory. As like this is gonna be like Sting's like last hurrah. Like it was gonna I think it was like I forgot how what was the the tagline for Bound for Gloria. It was it was something like the final something. I forget what it was. And the main event was Sting versus AJ. So and it was in it was in California. So I told my girlfriend, I'm like, Do you wanna go? Like you wanna go to this? And then she was like, Sure, why not? So we ended up going to Cali Cali for this and it was a pretty good pay per view. It was worth going. Afterwards, I ended up bumping to Jay Lethal or whatever. And it, I think because I rented a car, so we were driving. I forgot where we were driving. I think we were going to drive somewhere to go get something to eat. And Jay Lethal honks the horn at me, and he goes like, bro. He's like, where are you going? And I'm like, we're looking for somewhere to eat, man. And he goes like, yo, follow me. We're all going to go to IHOP. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I ended up following him, and it was me, my girl at the time, like two people that that worked backstage for TNA. I think they were like part of the ring crew and maybe um it might have been someone that was doing like um like ring gear at the time for TNA. It was Jay Amazing Red, Frankie Kazarian with his wife Tracy Brooks, and at the time Frankie wasn't on the card but he was on the card as Suicide. Oh my god. Yeah, this is how back we're going and Frankie could have been the coolest fucking dude, you know, uh it was definitely a very funny night at IHOP because you just see these wrestlers or whatever that you see on TV or like you see perform, and they're just regular dudes. Like they're just yeah. you know eating, just you know talking a whole bunch of nonsense, talking wrestling. It was a it was definitely a fun night. Dude, that's a crazy story. I don't. I mean, I've never heard uh, you know that story before. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. They, these guys are normal dudes. They they seem like down to earth guys. You know, not everybody, of course. Right, but right, right, right. A good majority, I'd say, of the the guys in the business. So, um, yeah, man, that's awesome. That that is a great story. Never heard that before. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to Frankie. I hope he's doing well, man. Best wishes to him and his, the rest of his family. But in more um negative news, 
Because if we, we, there's so many different directions we could go today, you know, on like after. Because there's so many, so much bad news, and then there's also so much like funny news and good news. Let's move on to New Japan because we got hit with oh, a bombshell, bro, this week out of nowhere. I forgot, I forgot if it was Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. I forget what morning it was because everything because this week is just a blur with so much shit that has come out. I see on Twitter, uh, New Japan tweeted out. Will Ospreay out for injury vacates the World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm like, this is either got to be a storyline or... And at first I'm like, what day is it? Is it, is it April Fool's? Like, what? I couldn't believe it. I honestly wow. could not believe it. And it's just such bad timing. And this is like on the heels of New Japan also announcing that they're coming back this week. Yeah, yeah. Give me a reaction, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Where do we go from here? Yeah, man, uh, gutted by this news, really, because, like you said, I mean, there's no right time for this, but now is definitely not the right time for, for this to happen for Will Ospreay. He was on a roll. The United Empire was gaining so much momentum. He was having amazing matches. He was about to headline the Tokyo Dome with Okada. Oh. And then, um, you know, of course, the, the state of emergency happens, and then this. And like you said, it, it really just came out of nowhere. Like, it really caught everybody by surprise because... I mean, he looked fine after the match yes. with, with Shingo, you know? I, and then the match with Shingo, it's not like it was just last weekend. Like, it was, at this point, it was a few weeks ago, you know? It was at least, you know, two or three weeks ago. It was the beginning of May. Uh, we're at the tail end of May now. So, for this to come out, man, he must have had to go get some tests, and things must have been that bad. He, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's getting surgery. I don't know. I don't know what the, the specifics are, but obviously it was bad enough to the point where New Japan cannot keep the belt on him. And, oh, dude, <laughs> I mean, where do they go from here? I don't know. New Japan just seems like they're in shambles right now because I heard Okada, <laughs> Okada is either dealing with an injury or he's got COVID um, because, you know, right before Don Taku or, you know, during that tour, mm -hmm. a bunch of wrestlers were pulled for, for COVID. So. I believe it was seven wrestlers altogether. Dude, New Japan is really in shambles, and they are returning on, um, oh, yesterday, right? They returned? They, I think they, they returned yesterday, and I think they'll be back on New Japan World on the 24th, which is tomorrow. Okay. And um, they're, it's the road to the Wrestle Grand Slam, which what? I don't even think they announced new dates for those shows. No. And on top of that, unless they moved it, but I haven't Dominion. heard anything. Dominion supposed to be on June 6th. So, um, yeah, they... I don't really know what's going on with, with New Japan right now. They are really a mess, and um, I'm sure they'll get it figured out, but this is just not really like them. I mean, obviously, there's things that they can't control. I mean, everything they can't control. They can't control the state of emergency. They can't control the COVID stuff uh, right. with their, you know, wrestlers, and they can't control Osprey getting injured. But, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Really curious to see where they go from here. Um, I have not watched New Japan since that Don Taku. Well, obviously, that was the last show, but I didn't watch yesterday's show, and I really haven't been uh, deep diving too much into like, you know, um, seeing like what the cards were and everything like that and, and, you know, specific stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I'm curious to see how they pull this off because I don't know. I, I do not want to see somebody like Evil <laughs> winning the championship. Uh, <laughs> the last time New Japan was in shambles and they had, you know, they just came back from state of emergency and they were low on wrestlers. They put the belts on Evil. So I don't know. I, I want to go back to the Will Ospreay thing, but uh, more on New Japan. There's also a report that came out, I believe, yesterday that the foreigners, the guys here from New Japan, they're like very 
unsettled unrest. They're very like uncomfortable being in Japan at this point with now mm-hmm. the return of the state of emergency and these COVID numbers going back up. That also plays a big part of what's going on with Japan because, you know, there's a lot of gaijin, you know, Girls of Destiny, Jay White, you know, the list goes on and on. That's why a lot of these towns are going, you know, through the forbidden door, if you will, you know, showing up in Impact Wrestling, showing up in AEW. Like you said, New Japan's in shambles, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, I read I read the post that you put up on Lucha Outsiders last night, and um, yeah, I saw that kind of stuff, and I mean, I don't really blame any of those guys, to be honest with you. I really don't, you know. I mean, New, I mean Japan is not the place you'd really want to be at during this time. Um, you know, you, you just you think things are getting better here in the U.S. They are getting better, but obviously over there, it's it was good, and, and now it seems like it's getting a little rough again. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I really, like I said, I don't even know what to say because I don't know where they go. I, I really don't. Like, this is just something that New Japan's going to have to push through, and I just don't see how they could do Tokyo Dome Show and Yokohama Stadium and Osaka Joe Hall for Dominion anytime soon with everything that's going on. If I'm willing to bet, Dominion's going to get pushed back. Like you said, they didn't announce new dates for the Wrestle Grand Slam two-nighter. They didn't announce new dates whatsoever, which at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it just becomes a one-night deal instead of a two-nighter. And, you know, going back yeah. to the Will Ospreay situation... I think I was more shocked about the news about this neck injury than him actually wrestling with a neck injury or possibly having one after the match. Because, listen, Kurt Angle wrestled with a broken freaking neck. So that doesn't shock me too much. And I think, well, Osprey, him going in the ring and whatever, he probably didn't even know anything until after the match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, you know, it's like if you go back to, what was it, 2018, where he had that scary injury when uh, in his match against Marty Skrull, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and then now you see that he's got another neck injury. It's just like, man, like, and I always defend when people say this. And they, people say, like, the New, New Japan style is too rough. It's it's strong style. It's, you know, it takes years off of wrestlers' careers. And I always, like, defend them uh, in that aspect. But... In this case, man, I'm afraid that it might end up being true. And in Osprey's uh, case, he's just had one too many injuries. And I'm not talking about like regular injuries. He's had injuries to his neck, which is really serious. So, you know, and he when he came back from that neck injury against Marty Spurl, um back in 2018, he toned down his style a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really don't know how much more he could tone back his style without taking away the uniqueness of Will Ospreay, you know, in the ring. So... Uh, it's definitely scary stuff, and the fact that, you know, this is not something there where he, where he just has to rest his neck for a few weeks, and then he's going to come back, because obviously they wouldn't take the belt off of him. This seems like something where he's going to be out potentially for months, potentially for the rest of this year, and I don't want to think about that, but, oh man, dude, it's I'm praying that everything ends up being okay with him, and he couldn't get back in there as soon as possible. Well, going back to what you said about the New Japan style, which I'm a fan of New Japan style too, but it's strong style for a reason, right? Right. Look at Hiromu Takahashi. How many times has he been injured? Like, he could have potentially ended his whole career after that match he had with Dragon Lee, what was like two, three years ago? I think that was in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Al Palace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then also too, there was that's. Apparently, I mean, I don't know for sure, but, you know, this is what the stuff you read. Apparently, that's the reason why Shinsuke Nakamura went to WWE, and now he's kind of like, you know, just cruising by, getting that paycheck, and still working, but not going at that high level that once made Nakamura so great. And who could really blame him? I, I never blame him for that. You know, I, I he ha- he's definitely not as cool as he once was, and he's definitely not as relevant as he right. once was, but 
you know, I mean, how, how could you blame him? He did everything. He worked that style for so long. It's like, you really can work that style for only so long, you know, without killing yourself in the process. Come on, man. You're not enjoying King of Strong style in SmackDown right now oh, with the crown? Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really enjoying that. <laughs> they, well, bring, they bring the King of the Ring back, you know, and, and he becomes the king over Corbin because I can't believe we're still calling Baron Corbin King Corbin. I don't even remember when he won that, you know, uh, that tournament. That was a few years ago right at this point. We're still calling him King Corbin. How about you, you put the actual crown <laughs> on the real king, baby? Yeah, dude. The only thing that gives me hope about Nakamura is, one, they missed the boat. They, they missed a huge opportunity with Nakamania, right? That's one. And yeah. two, he said that he would like to retire having a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So that gives me hope that potentially he could return to New Japan to have this match. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, I said that before his career is all said and done, he'll retire in New Japan. There's no way he retires in WWE. All right, dude. Let's move on to some more positive stuff because we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some more negative later on in the show. So let's let's you know let's change the pace a little bit. Let's pivot and let's talk about some positive news that I think we'll all be happy about and we'll all be praising about. And that's AEW. Once again, AEW does not fail us. Tony Khan, my guy, Tony Khan. He made some big announcements this past week. He announced on Busted Open that in 2022 they will be moving to TBS, the Superstation which has WCW Thunder Jace ran all over it, okay? Um, he also th- announced that starting in August, the new show, the third hour, the rumored third hour, called AW Rampage, not Rampage Jackson, but AW Rampage, will debut in August. It will start on TNT, but then it will move also to TBS in 2022. I think this is great news. Apparently, they're getting more money out of this. This is good for the company, right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they, they're they're moving to uh, to a, a new station where they're not going to be interfered by you know NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, so they don't have to move nights like they they have to do for the next few weeks of the playoffs. You know, next week's Dynamite's on a Friday. They don't they don't have to worry about that stuff, and that's why it's good that they you know keep, they're moving over there. And then on top of that, you have this new show, this new hour of programming that obviously was in the works last year, I think, before COVID hit. Um, so obviously, it's great that they are looking to expand AEW's programming because they do good ratings. They're they're great for the network. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, they're getting more money. So yeah, I mean, it's anybody who thinks this is bad. You know, I, I see some Packer heads out there. Oh, this is the start of AEW going out of business. Oh like no, how how is it that the company's getting more money, out? but this is the start of them going out of business. Dude, people just love to hate, bro. It's just just what it is. But, yeah, fantastic news. And news really came out of nowhere, man. Like, Tony Khan breaking this news on Busted Open. I I feel like every time Tony's on Busted Open, it's it's must-listen because he always drops some bombshells on there, it seems like. You know, I was having this conversation yesterday with the rest friends, right? And I love Tony Khan's delivery and how he talks because he'll make these big announcements and he'll say something crazy, but he says it like nothing. Like, he says it like... Like, he'll say something down the lines like this, and, and listen, the restaurants think that my Tony Khan impression is pretty good, but I don't think, I think it's okay, but he'll say, Tony Khan will say something like this, he'll be like, yeah, you know, us as a brand, All Elite Wrestling, we're very excited to make this move to TBS, and, uh, you know, this is great news, you know, they gave us a, a great uh, money deal, and yeah, we're, we're making the move to TBS, and, you know, the, the future is bright for All Elite Wrestling, and yeah, I'm just really excited. <laughs> That's literally how he talks. <laughs> 
and uh, with with his with his hair all, all wacky and out of, out of control. <laughs> I love to- I love Tony so much. I do oh, love him. Dude, I love him too, so man. much. I would love to meet him one day. You know what? I honestly think if whether it's a star cast or the, they're doing like the meet and greets next weekend at Double Nothing, I feel like if Tony Khan was out there, I think there would be a line for him to to, to want to take a picture and meet this guy. I mean, so I would love to just do that, but I would also love to just give me fifteen minutes in a room with that guy to just talk to him, just yes. talk to him and hang out with him. That's all I need because I just feel like this is the guy that I wanted to be drinking white claws with. Yes shooting this shit you know uh he just seems like such a cool dude man like and the fact that he is the boss and he's in charge of this big second wrestling promotion the big second biggest in the u.s and they haven't even been an actual company for you know three years yet it's just remarkable everything he's accomplished and everything he does and not even just that he's got other side jobs not even side jobs. He's got regular jobs. Right. I guess AEW could be his side job, really. He's got the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got the Fulham soccer team. Um, it is unbelievable what this guy does. He doesn't sleep, and uh, maybe that's why he doesn't comb his hair in the morning. He just gets out of bed <laughs> with his bed head. Uh, but he is the coolest dude, man. I, I, I feel like I do know him, you know, right. like just by listening to interviews and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just – that's why I'm – well, I'm not – that's why I, I support Cody, the Bucks, and, and Kenny and all them, but – it's just a pleasure and a joy to support AEW because it's just Tony Khan is just such a lovable dude that yes. really puts his heart and soul into it, and he cares, and he cares about the fans, and it really shows. You, you know what it is about Tony? Because he does have other jobs, right? You know, with uh, what what's the soccer uh, team that he is? Uh, what, what was that? Fulham. Okay, so Fulham FC and then the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like those two entities alone, that's his job. I feel yeah. like AEW's his passion. Yep, I 100% agree, and that's that's inspiring, too, because it just goes to show, well, he, even though, so, like, he obviously does enjoy football, and he just does enjoy um, the Fulham team, you know, a lot, too, and he loves all of his jobs. Right. That's just, like, inspiring right there, that it's like, if you're out there and you're working some shitty job, you know, just to, to pay your bills and stuff like that, go see if you can find another job that you're passionate about on the side as well and make both work, you know, and that's just really, I don't know. I just feel like you could take a lesson out of that. Just, just wanted to throw that out there, you know? Yeah, dude, this is not a job. I mean, you could, you, I guess you could make the argument that this is a job, but like I have a full-time gig Monday to Friday, right? On top yep. of like everything else that's happening on my personal life. But then also it's like, I also have to keep up to date when I can, like throughout the day, what's going on in wrestling. Cause you know, with the page and everything, it's like, you got to constantly post. Cause Oh, yeah. You don't post, or like like some of these other packerheads that post news like a day or two later when the, the thing's not even trending anymore, when it's not even in conversation, then you look like a slapdick. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you got to keep up with it. It basically is a job, mm-hmm. but it's, it's something you enjoy. So. Right. That's uh, that's my escape, bro. Uh, two more things on Tony Khan. So you were there for All Out, the, the first All Out, right? After All In, right? You were there for yeah. that All Out? Yep. yep. That, was the, that was the pay-per-view... Where after the show, Tony came, Tony Khan came out, and everybody was like, thank you, Tony. Was that the... Yep. Bro, I saw... I remember seeing the YouTube clip on that, and I'm like, look at this fucking humble guy saying, like, you don't gotta say thank you to me, and you have thousands and thousands of fans just cheering, thank you, Tony. I know, literally, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't want the thank you. It's like, thank you, guys. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I want to jump in that ring right now and give him a hug, and you know what? I don't even... If, if security fucking takes me down, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it, right? <laughs> it'll be worth it. All right. More on AEW. Tony Khan did announce also that 
AEW Rampage will be airing at 10 p.m. on Friday yeah. nights, which is right after SmackDown. So I can kind of see why they're doing that. Also, which I think this is incredible news, just because they're moving to TBS, that doesn't mean their relationship with TNT is over with, because now there's going to be like quarterly specials on TNT, similar to Clash of Champions. I'm sure they're going to come up with their own nick, uh, nickname for it. Or what I'm thinking is they already have names on on in their brand, like, you know, Beach Break or what was like Winter's Coming. What's the other one that they had? Uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam. There was one on yeah. New Year's. What was like New yeah, Year's? Fighter Fest things. Right. Uh, so they could probably yeah, use that too. as like the names for these quarterly shows, which is another great thing because now they, only, they don't have to only build to their yep. quarterly pay-per-views. They could build to these TNT specials. Dude, a hundred percent. So the rampage. Let's uh, start on that. The rampage time slot is not. I'm not thrilled about that. Um, but you know what? I have a feeling that could change if they could find you know a different day and better time slot. But for right now, it'll be ten o'clock Friday nights. Whatever. I'll probably DVR it every week. Uh, I don't watch wrestling on Friday nights. You know, it, it depends. If I'm in, I'll watch. But that's just really shitty. Like Friday nights, everybody's out doing stuff. So it's kind of like. Unless it's really must-see, which Tony Khan makes it seem like it's going to be a must-see thing. It's not going to be like um, like dark or anything like right. that. It's going to be an extension of Dynamite, so it's going to be you know storylines and getting good stuff on there. So uh, I'll definitely watch it on the DVR and stuff like that. But as far as those quarterly specials go, 100%, bro. You hit the nail on the head. I said the same thing to my boy Brian. Shout out Brian Sendek, uh, Royal Ramble Wrestling. Uh, these, this is fantastic news. This honestly made me happier than the move to... TBS and the move of the new show or Rampage because that's exactly that they have things to build towards now all the time not just the pay-per-views which have a lot of gaps in between the pay-per-views and I'm not saying that AEW is necessarily bad uh, in between but there's times where they're in a little uh, like a lull where like not much is going on and like right. like they have nothing to build towards so it's just like this slow burn on storylines. And don't get me wrong, I like that. I like the long-term storytelling and stuff like that. But at least now, uh, you know, we can get some big matches, at you know, a lot more often. And we don't have to wait months to get them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's definitely great news that they have things to build towards, not just the pay-per-views. So this week on Dynamite, I think my biggest... First of all, it was a really enjoyable show, and it wasn't a live show. It was uh, the one that recorded last week. My biggest takeaway on this week's Dynamite was Max Caster and his rap before his match. <laughs> I thought... Oh, my God. I thought his rap was incredible. The fucking port line to Eddie Kingston from 04 made Eddie, Eddie Kingston, like, break character. And then the line saying, like, the oral sessions giving the giving kind of like the wink and the nod to Renee Paquette's podcast. But then it's like oral sessions, right? Because you hear oral sessions, and I think she even joked about it on her podcast. Saying like, no, this is not one of those podcasts, or it's not that type of show. And then they get in the ring, and Anthony Bowens does his shtick where he's just like the hype man. And he's like, hey, W. And then Moxley just straight snuffs him. I must have rewinded that part. Like, at least five or six times. So, I thought that was just hilarious, dude. Yeah, it's funny. He snuffs Anthony Bowens when he, in reality, he should have done that to Max Caster. <laughs> uh, but, damn, that was tremendous, dude. I, I had a feeling Max was going to say something uh, in really, like relating to Renee Young. I just feel like he had to. Listen, in the beginning, when the, they first debuted <clears throat> as the acclaimed and stuff like that, and, you know, he started rapping, I thought his raps were so cringeworthy. Yep. I said, oh, my God, this yep. is never going to get over. Oh, like, stop this. He's not that good of a rapper. 
But man, lately I have shifted my opinion on that because he is absolutely tremendous. Yes, it's like every rap now is must see because you just you you're dying to know what he's gonna come up with. And I don't think it could have been any better in this case. I watched it like 10 million times as well. Like I said, it was pure gold. I don't think he could have done any better than he did. I agree with you 110%. I was not a fan of this dude either. Even prior to him uh, debuting on AEW, I seen some of his indie stuff and I was just like, not into it or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. And him being paired with Anthony Bones, which is a guy I'm very familiar with because, you know, he's a local jersey wrestler you know he wrestled for WrestlePro and some of the other smaller promotions around the area in the northeast so i was very familiar with him i'm like man this guy has a great look how come he's not signed to like a a company how come WWE hasn't picked him up or like you know show up an impact or something I, you know because he has a great look you know he could talk i mean he's not the greatest talker but he's not a terrible one either like he has a lot of potential they put you know put him together as a tag team i'm like ah, okay whatever at least anthony bones is getting paid and then you have this kid an up and comer also he's going to get he's going to get spotlighted was not into his raps in the beginning and then he just started getting a little bit better and better and now like you said his raps are must see must watch and Max Caster while them as a duo the acclaim they're great and all Max Caster could be a single star i feel like he could be MJF heat levels in my opinion yeah potentially yeah absolutely i mean you know like he's doing a fantastic job right now as as getting under people's skin as a heel and that's exactly what MJF does so yeah um i could definitely see that i i don't disagree whatsoever it, it definitely feels like he has more of the upside in that group. You yep. know, this, we, we talked about this last week on the on, on the podcast, too, when we were talking about Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and then we mentioned MSK. It's like there's always that one guy in a tag team where you could see him being a, a breakout single star and, you know, getting over. And then there's that other guy where it's like he's not bad, but I just can't see this guy really going anywhere without this tag team. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like Anthony Bowens is that odd man out. I could definitely see Max Caster as that that uh, single star. And we did see a little glimpse of him as the singles guy when Bowens was hurt. And uh, right. Max Caster was in that ladder match and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, Max Caster's a Long Island guy. He, he was from Creative Pro. I've been following him for a while now, and I'm just really happy for all of his success. So, and, uh, really, the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, dude, I'm really intrigued on what the future holds for Matt Castle. Like I said, I think he will could be an incredible heel, just like an MJF somewhere down the line. All right, Young Bucks and the Varsity Blondes. I thought this match was really, really cool. Glad that Brian Pillman's getting spotlighted now, like not only on Dark or Dark Elevation, now he's getting a little bit more shine on Dynamite. You know, he still had a, has a long way to go to like... I, I, when I look at Brian Pillman, I could see him being a single star. The Varsity Blondes stuff that he's doing, it's cool, but like when I see Brian Pillman Jr., he's got to be a single star somewhere down the line yeah yeah you know the varsity blondes thing is cool right now um it's kind of like a uh i mean, I, I guess it's like a tribute to like you know steve austin and and his and his father when they were you know the tag team as the blondes the Hollywood um, blondes, yep. you know so it's cool for now but yeah i think eventually this guy's way it's this guy's just destined to be a a single star absolutely and you know it's funny they added Julia Hart to the group. To the group, I guess on Dark. Mm -hmm. But like, I would have loved a, a little bit more. Like, she just showed up out of nowhere. Like, dude, I had friends texting me like, "Who is this chick with the uh, with Brian Pillman?" And I'm just like, "It's Julia Hart." They're like, "Who's Julia Hart?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know." She joined them on Dark. I said, "I don't really know the backstory behind yeah. it." It yeah. would be beautiful. If they could give us something, yep. instead of just shoving these people on TV and expecting that we all watch AEW Dark every single week, you know? 
Yeah, dude. I was like, who is this girl? And then they say Hart. I'm thinking, like, is she related to Bret Hart of the Hart family? <laughs> That's what I easily thought. And then I looked up, and I'm like, okay. But, yeah, there's no backstory. There's no nothing. And that's that's one thing that I don't like about AEW. I feel like, I don't know if this is, like, a Tony Khan thing or more of the VP thing, which that's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to next when it comes to AEW. But they automatically think, like, everyone that watches Dynamite, watches everything else that's AEW related, whether that's yep. being the elite, whether that's elevation or dark. And guess what? I don't remember the last time I watched AEW Dark. I think the last time I watched AEW Dark might have been that un that unsanctioned Janela and Kenny Omega match. And that yeah. was like God knows how long ago. At this point it was like two years ago, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you hundred percent. I love AEW, I love wrestling, but I uh I'm definitely not watching twelve matches <laughs> on Monday night and twelve matches on Tuesday night of just jobbers, and you know I don't, I don't, I don't want that to sound you know disrespectful or malicious or anything like that. But it's it's talent that's up and coming that nobody knows about, that nobody's heard about, that are getting these spotlights against these AEW stars who are really just trying to rack up wins and climb the rankings. I just don't see how it's beneficial and worth my time to check it out. I don't know who, how many people do. I'm sure there's a lot of diehards that uh, do watch it every week. Right. And I guess I kind of do understand the fact it's like AEW wants to make it seem like these shows are must-see so that if you do miss it, you are confused at who this girl is and, and, and some of the other things. Give me something like, like how about like if Brian Pillman literally just said, you know, Julia Hart came from blah, 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 and right. we recruited her here because she has so much potential. Give me that. Right. I'd be fine with something like that. They gave nothing. They just, he just, I think he mentioned her in the promo, but she's just standing there awkwardly the whole entire time. And he mentions her at the tail end and everybody's just looking at this chick and not even paying attention to what no you know, clue. Uh, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. are even saying. So yeah, I, I that's one thing about AEW is that they really do cater to that. Well, they think they cater to the fans that watch everything and right. it's just kind of like you should also take into consideration that not everybody knows what a being the elite is and not everybody knows what you know dark elevation is and dark and all that kind of stuff so i would love an explanation here and there every now and then all right i got a question for you ryan shoot is the elite fine and what i'm talking about is not the elite that we're getting on tv i'm talking about the backstage elite it's been heavily rumored in the last two weeks, and we didn't talk about this last week, but it's been it's been an ongoing rumor in, in several weeks now that there is tension between the Bucks and Omega, I'm assuming, and Cody. So, like, all the VPs, apparently, there's some issues there. I know Matt Jackson went on Twitter and was trolling the report, saying, uh, like, we're not on talking terms. I forget exactly what he tweeted out, but he did troll, like, the dirt sheets or whatever. This is what I think, and then I'll get, I'll get your uh, thoughts on it. I don't think there's any heat between the elite backstage. I'm not talking about the elite we see on TV, guys. I'm, I'm talking about Omega, the Bucks, and Cody. I don't think there's heat there. I could see there potentially being created differences. Because, listen, if we're all friends or anything like that, we're not always going to agree on the same shit. If we're co-workers, we're not always going to agree on the same shit. And that just happens or whatever. Do I think there's heat? Do I think there's to the point where they can't stand each other and be in the same room? Absolutely not. I do not agree with this. At the end of the day, whether they could disagree on certain things or not, they all did this together as a unit. Going back to All In, they created a movement. If anything, the elite, and we're talking about Bucks, Omega, Cody, you know, I understand Handman Page and, and Marty once was, but Marty is not even involved in any of this anymore. But, like, if you're talking about those core four, 
in many ways, they're like the click of now. Like the Shawn yeah. Michaels, like the Kevin Nash, like the Scott Hall, like the X-Pac, like Triple H. That's the click of, of today, of today's age. So, do I think there's heat? No. I could see them being disagreements with whatever, but th they created this movement in wrestling together, so they're always going to have that bond, so they're always going to come back together, if that makes any sense. You get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, no, uh, totally, and that's that's was bound to happen when you made all these guys EVPs, and you ha had them all in charge of creative and things like that. They're bound to butt heads every now and then, if that's exactly what's happening. As far as the, I believe the report said, they're not on speaking terms. And that is total bullshit, because unless Dave Meltzer reports that, unless Sean Rossap reports that, or anybody else who's actually relevant, right? I mean, give me a break. And, and the Bucks, you know, they updated their bio on Twitter with, I think it was not on speaking terms, I think I think is what they said. And then Cody retweeted the, the, the tweet. That just goes to show you right there that's just such bullshit. But <laughs> yeah, I could totally, totally see them having some creative differences, but not on speaking terms. Right. I mean, Christ, they're running this ship. That's AEW every single week. How could they not be on speaking terms? They're together every single week. Do I think maybe, um, you know, they don't talk every single day like they used to, like, you know, back in the day where they had, they heard that they had like group chats together and they would right. always talk in there. Maybe that's, you know, kind of um, fizzled out a little bit. But as far as, you know, not on speaking terms, give me a break. Like you said, they all did this together. They created legit history together, like all in. Um, you know, obviously AEW, like these guys are tied to the hip for life. Like, right. give me a break. Like, come on. So I didn't believe that for one second. And, um, you know, like it's a Cody and the Bucks basically confirming that the report was bullshit. But as far as what you said, I completely could see them having some creative differences. And you know what, if they, if they do, then you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's nothing that serious. Like I right. said, it just, it was bound to happen once you made all these guys EVPs. Also, we got to keep in mind, Cody Rhodes, his way on how he views wrestling is very old school. The Bucks yeah. and Omega is very new school, whatever. So that could be, I guess, a clash of styles, if you will, whatever. And I think a lot of people paid attention to this rumor, too, because going back a year ago when we were supposed to get the elite versus the inner circle, all of a sudden Cody Rhodes kind of just fizzled out. So I think people were trying to put two and two together there and be like, okay, maybe this is a thing. But to actually think that there's like some type of beef or tension or to the point that they're not talking or speaking or like they can't stand each other, absolutely not. I do not see that whatsoever. I remember Cody, I, I believe it's during the full gear, not the call, not the scrum after the pay-per-view, but like you know how they do like this kind of press uh, conference type call like before the pay-per-view and they'll yeah. get questions or whatever. I remember Cody saying like how much he loved the Bucks and he was saying like he was criticizing the Bucks in theory in kayfabe world on like still uh, putting up that if they wouldn't win the tag titles or whatever, they uh, they yeah. would split up or something like that or whatever. Or they would never challenge for the titles. That's what it was. Cody was saying, like, I love the Bucks, but I feel like that was, like, a stupid decision. Like, you, they should learn from yeah. me or whatever. So I don't I don't think that there's to a point where they can't stand each other. That's just even idiotic to think. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, anybody that believes that gets a, a congratulations because, I mean, come on. just You guys just think realistically. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's just no possible way you guys are ever not going to be on speaking terms. I, I don't even know how else to say it without literally just sh shooting on all these idiots out there that actually worked, got worked by this or actually think this is legit. Or, or shout outs to whoever, I forget what wrestling news site reported this bullshit article, but, uh, you know, congratulations, you played yourself because I don't even know where the hell you even got this information from.
I want to say, it, and you know what's funny? I could be wrong here, but I want to say the person that actually reported it was PW Torch. But you know what? They could have been getting worked because that's uh, happened too. Keller and all them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I did hear that. And um, you know what? But but that's the thing, though. And, and listen, I, a lot of these credible reporters, as much as they could be credible, they could get worked too. You know, yeah, they because they're willing to retract their statement. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, Melser has done it. Rustling Inc. has done it. Raj Geary has done it. Uh, Mike Johnson from PW Insider has done it. Like, that's how you know when someone's credible. Like, when they're willing to be like, okay, I fucked up. I was wrong. I got the wrong information. Let me retract the statement, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like some weight Keller is usually pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe he did get worked into it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you're out there, if you're listening to this, and you were worried that the elite might have had issues and they're not speaking terms, I'm here to tell you that it's bullshit. Don't believe it. Don't buy it for a second. And um, I'm sure all is fine in the world of the elite. All right. And more elite-related news. Andrade Omega is set for triple mania, baby. Oh, my God. Six-star, seven-star, eight-star. What are you going with here? This has every bit of potential. Potential to be match of the year, dude. This is how good this match could be. Um, And I expect it to be this way. Listen, going back to 2018, right? That was the year that we got... Okada and Omega at uh, Dominion, and that was my match of the year, right? That went over an hour. I think it was like 90 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Fucking yeah. a classic. Kenny Omega finally wins that gold, right? But you know what was my second match of the year in 2018? It was yes, Andrade, Johnny Gargano yep. at Take NXT TakeOver Philly. I was there live, and my God, the energy for that whole show and that match, Jesus Christ. I, I, I can't. It would mind-boggle me how some people was like, oh, that match was okay. Are you out of your fucking mind? That match live was amazing. And then watching it on, you know, on TV, you also felt that way. And it was just, that match was incredible, dude. And now that we're getting these two actually collide in Triple Mania, Andrade and fucking Kenny Omega. Oh, dude, this is a match made in heaven. I mean, who would have ever thought this would even be a possibility going back to last year? Because, you know, if you remember during the pandemic uh, era, when this is before they hit the Thunderdome, when they were in the performance center, that empty performance center there, Selena Vega, Angel Garza and Andrade were the main parts of Monday Night Raw. They were feuding with uh, Drew McIntyre. They were on TV every single That was only a year ago. Nothing, not doing anything of relevance, but at least, you know, on TV, getting spotlighted and things like that. And, um, you know, I think, uh, who was it, Austin Theory teamed with one of them at WrestleMania for, for the tag titles. I think it was on Angel Garza, potentially, I'm, I'm not sure. Or maybe it was Andrade, I forget. Uh, but now, like, a year later, and he's about to face Kenny Omega. Like, dude, this is why wrestling is so freaking cool, dude, because you just right. never know. Like, anything is possible. And I never really thought of Andrade versus Kenny Omega as being a potential, you know, match that could be reality that could be plausible that could be plausible right right and now we're getting it and dude i am super hyped uh august 13th or 14th i think is triple mania and it's just gonna be awesome dude i (laughs) dude give me this match right now for god's sake i I can't wait a few more months because this is just gonna be so freaking good i will say this if there's any moment to take the title off of omega the triple a mega championship which, no disrespect to AAA or anything like that, but, like, is Omega really doing anything with title? Like, yes, it's a badge of honor, right, that he has another title. But if there's any moment to take this title away from Omega, it would be a Triple Mania. Yeah, no, I definitely 100% agree. I just think, well, 
And this was my kind of concern of Kenny Omega having all these belts in the first place was like, is he going to drop any of these other belts before he drops the AEW belt? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if he does, like, does that make him look weak? Does it make him look bad? Like, I don't think so, but like, they may think differently because like, I don't think he's dropping the Impact belt until at least he drops the AEW belt. I don't know. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see how these companies book Kenny Omega and how he eventually drops all these titles because he eventually will. Um, but I think it's definitely time to take this Triple A belt off him. I mean, first off, nobody even remembers that he even has it half the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of like, yeah, what is he doing with it? And right. who, who is he going to face that's bigger than Andrade? And God, this would be so good for Andrade. Yeah, this would be yeah. so good for, for uh, Triple A. Because it, as Andrade being a big star as he is, this is great for that company. So I would 100% pull the, pull the belt off of Kenny and, and give it to Andrade. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, though. Yeah, dude. If it, like I said, in, in many ways, he will be get, he'll be giving like the rub to, to Andrade. Not saying that he's not capable of handling his own and being a big star, but like just to have that notch under your belt. Like, yeah, I'd beat Kenny Omega for the Mega Championship. Yeah, right, exactly. And that would, you know, instantly makes Andrade, you know, like you said, you know, bigger than he's ever been, and, you know, who knows, who knows what he's going to do next, you know, this was only, the only thing that's been announced so far, I, I believe, for Andrade, um, you know, since he's been back on, I guess, the independence, if you want to call it, or, you know, out of WWE, right, so who knows where and when he's going to pop up next, and who he's going to face next, you know, I mean, Kenny, to start off with Kenny Omega, it's like, you're going, you're already starting off at a high, like, where else is this roller coaster going to take us? So, in relation to Kenny Omega, let's talk about what's going on with Don Callis. It's been reported this week that Don Callis is not a VP anymore in Impact Wrestling. He's still, I guess, signed to Impact. He's going to be an on-air role, obviously managing Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. But that's it. He's kind of relieved his duties in creative. He's not a VP anymore for the company. And it is expected for him to sign a deal with AEW. Scott Demore, Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, and I forget who's that fourth person that's like handling creative and agenting in Impact. So they do have a good team. So I don't expect uh, Impact's uh, quality of product to like go downhill or anything like that. But I do think this is a, a, a huge loss for Impact because um, Don Callis, he's a creative dude, man. And I feel like Don Callis and Scott Demore, they, they were a great pairing together. You know, they, they turned that company upside down for the better. So it, it's a loss for Impact. Yeah, this caught me by surprise, I'll be honest, um, because I thought for the longest time that it was just the dynamic duo of Scott Demore and Don Callis. <clears throat> and Don Callis is, is, should be credited. You know, I know a lot of credit obviously goes to Scott Demore, but Don Callis also, you can't look past him when you talk about the success of Impact and how Impact has kind of gotten, uh, you know, um, a, a new shot in the arm, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you know, now it's it's fun, it's great, it's it's got great talent, uh, they're putting on great shows, the product is good, and they kind of have gotten away from that negative stigma of what, you know, TNA was with Dixie Carter and Hulk Hogan the past few years, you know, before Dixie sold the company. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the work that Don Callis did to, to get Impact back on the map. So it's definitely a huge loss, and I don't know what he does next. I, you got to assume that, like, signing a full-time deal with AEW is, is definitely possible because, obviously, Don Callis isn't leaving the wrestling business, and he can only manage Kenny Omega on screen for as long as Kenny Omega's the champion, and we all know that it's not going to be forever. So it'll be curious to see where he ends up full-time after this because... Like I said, I just thought Impact was perfect for him, and I thought he was doing a good job. And like you said, quality of Impact is not going to change, which is great news. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, it's it sucks. 
So if, if he does end up signing a deal with AEW, you managing Kenny Omega at least, you know, if there's like some dissension with the elite somewhere down the line, this has got to be long term. Kenny Omega and Don Callis, right? I mean, I guess so. Yeah, bro. I mean, I don't. Uh, I I would think that Kenny Omega could could potentially be champion in, like for a year. You know, and I don't know. Like, I'm not even talking specific championship. I don't think he's gonna hold the Impact one right. for for a year. But I'm talking more of like AEW. Um, I could see him being champion for the next year, so at least for the next year. But I mean, I don't see how it could be a completely full time gig for the rest of Kenny Omega's career. You know what I'm saying? And if he's not the champion, I just feel like he doesn't. I just feel like that would be weird, you know? Unless somehow at some point, like Omega does lose the title, and then Don Cows like turns on Omega. Yeah, yeah, that that would definitely be interesting. But again, he would have to like sign full-time with AEW for that, right? right. Yeah, yeah, and and I like, mean, that, like, but that's what that's what the rumors, right? This is all rumors. That's what everybody is expecting to go down, that Don Callis is going to sign with AEW. Man, what, what, a, what a turn of events. Like, <laughs> from, from that winter is, uh, winter is coming, right? That's a show that, uh, that, that the pairing first happened, and then he's like, I'll see you on Impact, and now... And now he's just Yo. turning to, to the dark side, turn heel on impact. You know, you know what's funny? Uh, I was just uh, talking to my buddy, Tone. Uh, he used to do, uh, I, I've talked about Tone. Uh, for those that, that listen to the podcast, you guys know who I'm talking about. He used to be uh, heavily involved with Lucha Outsiders in, in the early days of Lucha Outsiders. But I was kind of, he's a casual fan, right? So I was kind of explaining to him like the whole Forbidden Door concept and how like AEW, New Japan, and Impact are working together. And I was explaining when Kenny kind of like, turned his back on AEW and, like, how he won the title or whatever. So I showed him the clip or whatever, right? He got a kick on how Don Callis, like, and, and this is all in kayfabe, right? Went to business for himself and was like, you'll find out this Tuesday on Impact. And, and Mar Vesco was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Dynamite's on Wednesday. You'll find out on Impact Wrestling on Access TV. <laughs> he got the biggest kick out of that, which us even as fans, I remember us talking about it that later on that night. We were like, what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the most um, mind-boggling endings to a wrestling show like I can really think of that I've ever watched. Oh man, wrestling could be so fucking awesome sometimes. I'm telling you, Dude, this is this is why we're fans, man. All right, and more positive news because we're gonna talk about some more, some negative stuff. But in more positive news, Bronson Reed he was a North American Championship uh, against Johnny Gargano and. I really enjoy this match. Uh, listen, I'm not the biggest Bronson Reed fan, and that's I'm not saying that he's not talented or anything. I do like how they've made his entrance more animated and kind of made him like kind of like a Godzilla, uh, King Kong type role. I even like the camera work that they do with Bronson Reed when he does like that little like stomp on the on the ring, and even right before he gets into the ring, how the camera shakes. I think I don't know that little just that little essence right there. I I, I pop for that every time, and I feel like. While the match was good, I think the the bigger moment here is him finally like after the match and kind of how he praises his wife and, and you know this has he has babyface written all over him and it's like how can you not be happy for this dude? Yeah, totally. I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. Where I'm not like the biggest you know um, Bronson Reed fan. I wasn't a huge Jonah Rock guy you know on the independents, but he's super talented. Obviously for his size, he is he like you said he is. Potential top tier babyface written all over him. It's a guy you want to root for. The video after the fact, uh, which I believe is what you're talking about with his wife in the yes. ring, was very emotional. Good for him, you know. Really, really good for him. I think he definitely needed this. He's been showing up and showing out recently. His match with Gargano at Takeover, I thought, was really, really good. And this one was a lot of fun as well. And um, you kind of saw, like, you know, you could kind of tell now, like when you've been watching wrestling for a while. 
and they they're they're hyping up a big title match like this. And throughout the night, they keep talking about uh, the guy's career and how long he's been in the business. Like that, I believe they say like fourteen years. Bronson Reed has waited for this moment. You kind of just you know where it's heading. Like you know he's about to win the championship, right? So mm-hmm. like I wasn't shocked by the result at all. And I think it was time. You know, I, I do want to mention something about Gargano in a little bit, but you know, Bronson Reed definitely deserves this. And um, you know, I was just really happy for the guy and like i said while i'm not a huge fan of him or i wasn't maybe i will be now because uh, i just feel like he's really been breaking out as of late and it's it's, it's really great to see yeah yeah i agree 110 percent. what were you gonna say about johnny gargano yeah so uh if you follow royal or so is oh god i always i was messing up now royal, royal underscore underscore ramble, ramble underscore wrestling wrestling uh you'll see that my boy brian put up a post on johnny gargano the other day um, you know, just talking about what the future holds for, for, for Gargano. And I've been saying this for the longest time. Now, I love NXT. I love Johnny, right? I love Adam Cole. I love Finn Balor. I love Tommaso Ciampa. Those guys need to go up to the main roster, especially Johnny Gargano, who is basically treading water at this point in NXT. He's basically done everything that there is to possibly do. And I know he loves NXT. I know he doesn't want to go up. I I know all the stuff that he said in the past. I know going up to Vince is a risk. I know you could be like an Aleister Black where you're sitting on the sidelines. But I think it's time. He needs new competition. He needs new opponents. He needs new storylines. He needs he needs a fresh start, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm preaching to, you know, people who are agree with me, people who disagree with me. I just feel like Johnny just dropped the North American title now. What more does he have left to do? Is he going to win the NXT title again? If he does, great. Fine, awesome, whatever. I don't see that happening though anytime soon. And it's just like, what else does this guy have to give to NXT at this point? I agree with you 110%. Johnny Gargano, to me, I feel like he could be in a Daniel Bryan type role on a Raw or SmackDown. That's how. So freaking lootly. And you know how I would book this? How I would book this. Right now, we're in May. And then in May, pretty much June, right? I feel like you let Johnny finish. The summer in NXT, feuding small, putting guys over like he normally does or whatever. Then you could either have him take like a, 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 an incredible loss where we don't see him for months. You debut him in a live crowd at the Royal Rumble at number two, but you bring back his old music. Yeah. The pop, like let's say number one is like let's say Baron Corbin, right? Because he, he, you know, it's heat. That's a Baron, boo, whatever, right? And he's pissed off that he's coming at number one or whatever, but he's determined to win the Royal Rumble, right? And then all of a sudden you just hear, oh, bro, that crowd will lose their fucking minds. Johnny Gargano comes back as a face, and he doesn't even have to win the Rumble. He just has to last there for a very long time, and then. That's it. You, you just made the guy, and you could do whatever the hell you want with him, man. Hey, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, he just needs something different. And as much as I love him in NXT, and also, too, it's interesting because I know NXT is on USA Network now. I know the ratings play a big part in that. I know they need star power. So it is interesting that if they lose a guy like Johnny, a guy like Finn, like, it's going to really hurt the brand. So that's also a reason why they probably won't do it, or maybe they won't do it all at once. But I just feel like it's time, and I think that would be the perfect way to debut him. I'm fine with him staying in NXT throughout the rest of the summer and whatever the case may be. But by the end of the year, I think he needs to be up the main roster. 
And Finn Balor, I think, needs to be back up soon. I think after this loss to Karrion Cross, he he's done. Right. He, he overstayed his welcome. He had <laughs> had a great run, a great second run. Right. In NXT, like you could not ask for anything better. Freaking banger matches with Adam Cole. Um, great matches with Johnny Gargano. A match, a great match with Matt Riddle. I mean, really, at this point, besides Kushida, mm-hmm. I don't see there's anybody in NXT right now that. I'd like to see Finn Balor face other than, like I said, Kushida. Um, because, like I said, Kyle O'Reilly, we got Pete Dunne. I mean, he just faced everybody. It's time for him to go back up to the main roster, I think, as well. Adam Cole, another one. What more does he have left to do? North American champ, done. NXT champ, done. Faced everybody there as well. Mm-hmm. Go up to the main roster. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is a little different, I, even though I like to see him up on the main roster. Right. I know he's a little older. I know, like he said, he'd probably be a coach if he went up to the main roster and, you know, he doesn't want to go up there. I could see him potentially, you know, not going there. But all the other three guys, it's time. I think the, I think out of all of them, the one that has the most upside is Adam Cole. But I do feel like Johnny yeah. Gargano could be like a Daniel Bryan-esque in the WWE, man. If you just give him the ball, I think he could accomplish that. I'm telling you. The scenario I just uh, put out there of a uh, Royal Rumble debut. Like, just imagine hearing the thousands saying, Johnny, wrestling. Like, oh, my God. I can, like, envision all this, dude. Dude, I know. Me, too. I, I can play it out of my head perfectly. It's it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's right there for them on a silver platter. I do. Speaking of NXT, there were some releases this week. A lot of names and one big one. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the big one or you want to leave that for last? What? Let's leave it for last. All right, cool. No problem. Let's start with the referee, Drake Wartz, which is formerly uh, Drake Younger from CCW Deathmatch Wrestling Days. He was a referee. Been a lot of um, controversy when it's when it comes to Drake in recent months. I don't want to go into details because it's not that type of show. Yeah. But pretty much... Right, it's not worth it. But pretty much, I guess... His views on certain things that are happening in the world, in this country. He started making it kind of public knowledge at work. And he was uh, rubbing people the wrong way. And then he believed he got involved with some type of like protest or whatever. Wearing the NXT referee shirt. Which he gets a congratulation by itself. Just that alone. And and I'm trying to be very uh, careful on the words I use. Yeah. Because like I said, this is not that type of show. And... I think what bothers me most about this is like, listen, everybody has their own opinion and views, right? But when you're having a certain opinion and views and you're kind of spreading it the wrong way and you're putting it out there and rubbing people the wrong way, especially people you work with, it's not, it has nothing to do with freedom of speech. Everybody has freedom of speech. But when you're doing it the wrong way, that's where I see the problem. And that's what ultimately caused him his job. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, without going into extreme details, if you know, you know. If you don't know, do do research. I'm not the one to uh, educate you on, on all the things surrounding him and all of his views. But yeah, I think you said it perfectly. <clears throat> Everybody has different views. Now, I'm not hating on, on, I don't know, how he feels about certain things. While I don't agree with everything, I mean, who am I to say that he can't feel the way he wants to feel? I just feel like there's a right way to go about it. And he didn't go about it the right way. To the point where his co-workers... People he's been working with for years, all the other referees, were uncomfortable around him as a performance center and at NXT tapings. And that says a lot. And, you know, it's just like, I just feel like somebody like that should be able to read the room, you know, and should be more aware of things that they say and do. And especially in the world we live in right now where everything is controversial, everything, everybody's very sensitive, everybody, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. And and we're trying to, you know, change the culture and, and, and equality and all that type of stuff. 
And you have this guy going out there giving zero zero F. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, come on. How, how clueless can you be? This guy should have been fired a while ago. But I'm glad they did the right thing. I'm glad they got rid of his ass because there's no place for any of this. And again, keep your views to yourself. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to go out and do it, don't do it on a platform where you you have the company's logo on, on your shirt. It's just, again, freedom of speech, yes, but... Like I said, it's the right way to go about it, and he did not go about it the right way. How big of an idiot are you going to a protest wearing the NXT referee shirt? That's literally what I'm saying when I said he gives zero fucks. Like, he just, like I said, clueless. Clueless. And that's that's really all, all I have left to say about him. I really, I, I just, I don't, hey, listen, now he can go out and say and do whatever the hell he wants. He can go out on, you know, uh, conference calls and, and whatever he wants to do now because he's not a part of that company anymore. And, um, you know, they don't have to feel embarrassed because I, I, when he went on there and he did that, I literally felt embarrassed for Triple H and, and, and yeah. everybody else who runs NXT. And that's just, like I said, embarrassing. Apparently, it, it, it was reported, I don't know if it was The Observer or PW Insider, I forget, but it was reported also this week that after he got released, he was pretty much calling... All his connects saying, like, he's a free agent and he's willing to work. I don't know if that means in a referee-type role or he'll go back back to the deathmatch scene, which I don't see that happening. But uh, apparently he's been making calls, and I guess he's looking for work already. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some wrestling company that'll take him. You know, unfortunately, it's like the cancel culture thing is like, you know, obviously those guys, you'll never see them again. Right. This is not really cancel culture, you know? No, 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 uh, no. So it's different. But at the same time, it's like, do you really want a guy who's really that outspoken about topics that are really prevalent in the world nowadays? Yep. Like, do you really want that surrounding you and your company? I guess an independent promotion don't give a fuck. But, you know, a major company? Yeah, stay away, man. All right, dude. Let's talk about Alexander Wolf. And me personally, I really don't have much to say about the guy. I'm sure he's he's a good dude. But he never really did much for me. Not in Imperium. I think the height of his career was when he was in Sanity with Eric Young, you know, when they won the NXT Tag Titles. Besides that, not much to say about him. It would have shocked me if he shows up in Impact Wrestling and becomes part of Violent by Design. He has Violent by Design written all over him. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he got, you got Madman Fulton there, too, as well. So I don't I don't know if they actually have a con- connection there. I don't know if they were. I think, uh, like, I don't know. It was so long ago at this point, but I think... Fulton might have gotten kicked out so Wolf could come yep. into that group. I don't, I don't know. Could be wrong on that. But, yeah, this could not really care less about this. You know, I, I really, I was more shocked to find out that this guy has been in WWE <laughs> for six years. More so than I was that he actually got released. Like, six years? He's been there for six years? Yeah, yeah. And they, Jeez, man. And, and, I mean, but hey. They, but they fired the fucking Iconics and Mickey James. Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they did that. And Small Joe, don't forget about that. <laughs> really happy. Really happy that they did that. Yeah. Oh, God. All oh, right. Oh, God. And it's just, it was kind of funny timing, too, because, like, on NXT, they kicked them out of yeah, the Yeah, they Imperium, kicked them out of the Imperium. So, like, like, what did they have it planned out? Like, all right, we're going to release this guy tomorrow, so let's just dump him on the way out. Oh, like, God. Uh, he wasn't doing much for me being part of Imperium anyway. No, no, dude, I, I can care. Really could care less. I don't watch NXT UK. Again, he'll find work elsewhere because the, the dude can work. He's not terrible by any means. I just, you know, like I said, couldn't care less. I am sure this is another name that we could care less about. That's Kavita Deve. Deve? Deve? Oh. Um, that's oh. the, that's the, um, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's that tall Indian girl. 
No clue, huh? She was part of the not, May Young. Not, not ringing a bell. She no. was part of the May Young Classic. She was in that um the women's battle royal at WrestleMania 34. Tall Indian chick. No, not a doesn't ring a bell. Uh, right? Just really didn't have a huge impact on my life in any in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe now that you mentioned, I could. I just can't picture what she looks like, to be honest with you. Right. But I'm sure maybe if I seen her, uh, I don't know who am I trying to fool. I probably still wouldn't know who the hell she is. <laughs> All right, well, the next name. Brandy Lauren, we were just talking about her before we started recording. I think she only made like two appearances on TV. One was being in the hot tub with Damian Priest, and the another one I think was like for Raw Underground, if I'm not mistaken. Besides that, yeah. she's never she did nothing for NXT. Like they signed her, changed their name, and just to release her months later. What a waste of time! I said right off the bat too. I said, you know, Brian, you know, my boy Brian from Royal Rumble can attest to this. As soon as I saw that she signed with WWE, which wasn't too long ago, I think it was last year, last summer, I said, this chick ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I said, I said, you know Santana Garrett? Yeah, remember her? Yeah, where is she right now? Exactly. That one upsets me because Santana yeah. Garrett has star written all over her. It's like, like I could see her working well in AEW. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I that wasn't that wasn't too. I wasn't shaming her by any means. I'm, I'm just saying that she, you know, is, is good and talented. She used to be in TNA back in the day, which was pretty good. Uh, and she's done nothing, and she's a good worker. But, like, where is she right now? She's just jobbing, and she is barely seen. So I felt like Brandi Lauren, that was her going to be her role. I said, what a joke that, she, that the WWE signed her. And let's be honest, too. And I'm not, I'm, again, like, she seems like a very nice, nice girl, you know, Whatever, very attractive. We all know this. We see her thirst traps on Instagram all the time. She is not a good professional wrestler by any means necessary. And people probably go, well, Ryan, when have you seen her work? I, mean, I haven't seen this chick work a match ever. If you go watch that Evolve special on the WWE Evolve Network, it was like a few years ago. Yeah, but she had a match with Shotzi Blackheart on that special at Evolve. Let's be honest. It really wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. She's not a good worker. Uh, I don't really know why she's even a professional wrestler, to be honest. And this sounds so terrible. Like like I said, I could not like, lace up a pair of boots for the life of me. So who am I to judge? But I just feel like she's definitely not WWE material, okay? So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised she got released. Did not see her going anywhere. Did not see her doing anything. I don't know what the future holds for her. I really don't. Who knows? All right. We're moving on. <laughs> Next. Uh, I don't even know who this is. Jake Clemens? Crickets? This, this is we the a, we, dude we a cricket noise? that there was an angle on a couple years ago. Was it a couple years ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. He was supposed to, they were they were trying to say that he was going to be a disciple for Seth Rollins during like a Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins match. Remember that? Yeah, I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. This is another guy that I don't even think we ever saw him on TV. Uh, EJ Nuke Duck. Nuke Duck. What uh, the hell is that? Some bodybuilder, dude. Apparently, Why are they signing these no-names just to release them months later? I, I think he signed back in 2018, and they did nothing with him. He's a former bodybuilder, football player, and then he got released, so they did nothing with him. So, yeah. Jessamyn Duke. Yeah. Horsewomen MMA. Woo! Oh, guess we ain't never getting that four-on-four horsewomen versus horsewomen match now. Oh, what a shame. Listen, yeah, out of know. all I mean, of them... Whatever. I never really saw her going right. anywhere anywhere. Out of all of them, she had the least potential. Out of all of them. Yeah, you know, Roderick Strong's wife will probably stick around, but mm -hmm. I don't know, man. These, neither of them really do much for me, to be honest with you. Shayna Baszler was the, the, the best one there, um, and obviously Ronda Rousey. We know how good she is. The other two were kind of just like, 
in the shadow of them. So I feel really like I feel like Roger Strong's wife and and her name is escaping me right now. But I feel like yeah, with Marina her, Shafir. there you go, Marina Shafir. I feel like she has a good look, so there's some potential there. But that doesn't mean that you know she won't be. And listen, I'm not saying that I want her to get released or anything. But that doesn't mean that she can't potentially get released somewhere down the line. Yeah, right, right. You know, nobody's safe nowadays, especially we don't see these people on television, right? I mean, when's the last time we saw Marina Shapiro on television? So it's like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, honestly, I thought she would be one of the names with Jessamyn Duke. Yeah, least, yeah. But, you know, I, I guess, agree. you know, it's, it's Roger Strong's wife. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know, like, who's in charge of, I guess Vince is in charge of cutting people from NXT, or is that, like, uh, strictly, like, Triple H and talent, talent relations there? Like, I, I don't really know. But, um, you know, I'm sure they have a good relationship with, with Roderick Strong. And, you know, I just I guess they're doing the right thing. They don't want to cut his wife because, you know, they got kids and stuff like that. Well, who knows? I don't know. This one I will say that I was a little bit shocked by. Okay, let me not say shocked. Because now at this point, like, unless it's like a major talent, it's like, wow, they really released that person. But let me put it this way. I saw a lot of potential in this individual, and that's Vanessa Bourne. I think she has a great look. I don't think she's bad in the ring. You know, she's not to, like, a, a Charlotte level, Oscar level, or anything like that. But she was decent in the ring. I saw a lot of potential in her, not even just in an in-ring standpoint, but, like, in a backstage standpoint or, like, a, a character standpoint of you. You know, she only did little minor things. I think she was tag team with Aaliyah, which I'm surprised she even still has a job. Don't get me wrong. Gorgeous girl. But, like, what are you really doing with her besides her being with uh, my guy, um, yeah, Robbie Robert Stonebrand. Yeah, right? Robert Stonebrand. But Vanessa Bourne, I think she could have been, like, a great manager, valet for a talent. I saw a lot of potential with her. You know, she had a great look. I was kind of like, wow, taking back that. Wow, they released her. She, I think, at one point was rumored to join Retribution, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. Which would have been cool, you know. I mean, not. Listen. Not right, let's rephrase, let's rephrase the cool word. <laughs> yeah, rephrase cool. Cool for her, okay? Right. Uh, it's something. Giving her something to do. Right. But, yeah, she, she definitely has a lot of potential. I could definitely see her going, you know, somewhere. You know, I know Ring of Honor is doing this women's tournament. You know, I think she could fit right in somewhere like that. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised if Impact brings her in if, if they're doing some, like, you know, um, like, you remember when they did that tag team tournament to crown new champs yep. and they brought yep. in that, that tag team, oh, God. They brought Killer Kelly in, they brought, yeah, uh, right. they brought, right. uh, Renee what? Michelle in, they brought, um, What's, yeah, the that C, other tag the team, C, I think it was, like, Starfish or something like the, that. The, 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 the Sea Stars, I think they C were stars. called? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I could see, like, them bringing Vanessa Bourne in, in a, so that type of role like that, or honestly, I, I would not be shocked because I, I did see Ty Conti interacting with her on Twitter, so I think the friends... You just read my fucking mind, bro. I would not be shocked to see her on AEW Dark, you know? I would and, not and be... AEW Scout her. I would not be shocked if Vanessa Bourne does the exact same thing that Tay Conti does, and not necessarily in an AEW standpoint, but ends up in another promotion. Hey, if it's AEW, cool. Does what Tay Conti does. The little that we saw Vanessa Bourne in NXT, she goes to another promotion and fucking explodes and just sticks the biggest middle finger to WWE. I can see it, bro. I really can. I just feel like, like you said, she has an upside to her, and she has the look. And she's not terrible. I mean, yeah, she's not the greatest I've ever seen. But you know what? I don't think Ty Conti was all that special when she was in NXT either, yep. you know? And then she went to AEW and really just broke out. So mm-hmm. you know what? Feed Vanessa Bourne to Dustin Rhodes and and, and, and see what happens. Because he's been doing a great job with the women's division over there. I would not be shocked. Especially, too, I don't know if they have plans of doing it. They probably should keep it an annual thing. Yeah. But if they do that... um. That AEW women's uh, t- uh, tag tournament thing that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 
that team coach. Yep. He could potentially do, you know, something there too. So I, I think out of all these people, Vanessa Bourne definitely is one that I could see having the brightest future. I mean, well, listen, she's not surrounded by, you know, superstars in this lineup. So, you know, it's not saying much, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> all right, dude. Let's get to this main event when it comes to these releases, man. There's so much dirt on this guy and so much controversy surrounding this guy. And during press conferences, Triple H would get questioned about, about this individual. And he would kind of say, like, yeah, we went to uh we investigated we found nothing we found nothing and i think when we break this down the rumors does play a factor but not necessarily the cause of him getting released and that's a velveteen dream i compare this to the marty scroll situation not the reason why marty in many ways is like blacklisted here but in the sense like so much fucking potential to be like the guy, not only in WWE, but the guy in wrestling, and it's all fucking wasted. I have a lot more to say, but let me get your just first thoughts of this. Thoughts are that it's long overdue. I mean, I cannot believe that they kept this guy under contract. Not only did they keep him under contract, but they threw him out there on TV a bunch of times after all this stuff came out about him. And, you know, and then after that, I don't think he was seen ever again. But, I mean, God, long overdue, man. I mean, what, I mean, good good for them for finally doing it. But what took so long? That's my right. first thought. What took so long? As far as his future goes, I hope he has no future. I And it's, it's one of the saddest yep. stories in wrestling because this guy was so over. This guy had the perfect gimmick. You looked at the gimmick at first, the Velveteen Dream. Oh, my God, the name sounds terrible. Oh, my God, what is this gimmick? He made it work to perfection. He had amazing matches. He was he was in some of like the best matches yep. in NXT You yep. know, during that time period. I mean, it's so funny because I saw a graphic on Twitter, and it was actually a tweet, but with the graphic of the NXT North American Championship ladder match at TakeOver uh, New Orleans. What a ladder match. What a freaking ladder match. But you remember the participants in that ladder match? You could do a where are they now, and it's the saddest thing ever. You got a guy like Lars Sullivan, all that stuff that happened with him. Well, so, let, But, you know, if we're going to start with Lars Sullivan, let me tell you something. At the time, nobody cared about him then, and still nobody cares about him now. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> but it doesn't make me feel any any less, any, any great, you know, watching that match back and seeing him. Honestly, really, like, don't care about him then, but I thought he was a beast in that match, okay? Stuff that happened with him, I just can never look at any of that serious. Right. Yeah, EC3, done. Ricochet, buried, done. Uh, Velveteen Dream, done. It, it's just, like, it's so sad, but we'll stay on the topic of the Velveteen Dream so we don't get too off track here. Right. Just a sad story and a, and a perfect example of somebody who had it all and just threw it all away. We've seen it happen with celebrities in the past where they have it all and they throw their life away, life's away with, with drugs and things like that. Okay, he didn't get into drugs, but he did something that's, you know, just as bad, if you want to say, where it's, you know, getting involved in, in just, again, I don't want to go into details like like with the Drake stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about right. it because it's just not worth our time. But it's just disgusting behavior that should not be ever tolerated. And it's something that, like I said, just pure stupidity. And I really just hope it was all worth it because, again, where's this guy going to go from here? What does he do? Like, is he canceled? I don't see how any other wrestling company picks him up. I'll tell you that. This is what I will say. Let's just say 
all the rumors that came out about what he potentially did, let's say that's all bullshit and false, right? This is not the only thing that plays a factor to his release. Apparently, he had a behavior problem. Uh, he was rubbing a lot of people backstage the wrong way. The only reason that they still kept him in NXT and why he still has some clout with NXT is because the higher-ups love the fucking guy. Also, which is a proven fact, maybe some of the other stuff that came out isn't proven, but apparently... He had like some type of dispute or whatever where he destroyed someone's car or whatever, which is all documented. This happened in Florida. This is all documented. He had to go to court, and I think like WWE lawyers got involved in this, and they, they settled to where he only had to pay a fine and I think something else or whatever. This is all documented. It's not that it didn't happen. This still exists. So apparently this dude has behavior problems, so he needs to grow up as a person and grow into a better person if, if like I'm saying, all the other stuff that came out is not true. Also, I remember in New Orleans for WrestleMania 34, I remember I was hanging out in Bourbon Street. I saw Velveteen Dream, and when I tell you, he was walking around like a dick, ignoring everyone, and only like staring at like certain women a certain way, if that makes any sense. And ever since that point, I was like, man, this is a talented dude, but man, this guy... I kind of got like a creep vibe from this dude. Outside of him being such a great performer, I kind of looked at him a little bit differently. Um, he needs to grow up a as a person. I do hope that this is a, a, a lesson for him, a, a life lesson, if you will. And we'll see where life takes him. I don't see him making a return in wrestling unless he does like a, a complete like 180 and just changes as a human being. And I don't know, kind of just goes forward and... and Owns up to his mistakes and the things he's done wrong in life. But, you know, he's unfortunately, he's earned this. You know, he's earned this release. Yep. And I also want to touch on something else that I did see online. I don't know if you get, got to see this. It, it didn't trend. But some people were trying to make the argument in the sense like, well, Velveteen Dream, uh, he got accused for these things. It wasn't proven to be real or, like, true or anything like that. Yet people still celebrate Will Ospreay. And I just want to make this clear to people. Oh, my. Will Ospreay, while he did get accused for supporting someone that did terrible things. And he blacklisted an individual. Which, if that is true, that is wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's wrong. And, and Will Ospreay has to own up to that. And he's guilty for that. But he didn't do any wrongdoings, if you will. He didn't do evil things to someone, if that makes any sense. Unlike this other person... That it's been reported, and that's his allegations, that he's done terrible things to human beings. So it's not comparable at all. No way. No way. I don't even... I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous stuff. I mean, it's just it's totally on two different scales. But again, this is just another example of people love to compare every little thing, this and that. And there should be nobody defending Velveteen Dream at all whatsoever. But you, you can't. It's, it's, it's undefendable. You cannot defend anything that he did. Uh, as far as, the, you know, the the unprofessional stuff and, you know, like you said, he looked like a dick on bourbon or whatever. I could totally see this, too, you know? It's so funny. Like, you could picture it uh, just by the way the guy, you know. I mean, I, I just, again, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just am not surprised to hear this because I could just picture it. I could see it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so sad because I'm, like, in my room right now as we're recording this and I'm looking at, I have uh, all these TakeOver posters, right? I got the, the TakeOver New York poster. I got... Uh, TakeOver 25 and TakeOver Toronto. Right. And, you know, he's on all of these, man. He's His match with Matt Riddle at TakeOver New York, his match with Tyler Breeze at TakeOver 25, 
and his triple threat with Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne for the North American title at, at Toronto takeover in 2019. And it's just like, man, like, I don't even want to look at this guy on my wall, but like, he was a huge part of all these shows, yeah. you know, because he, he was so, yep. it, just his entrances alone were, were, were must-see every single time. So it's just like, ugh, like, dude, like, like, why, man? Like, why did it have to be like this? And I did see a tweet, actually, I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know who it was, and I, I probably should have screenshotted it, but one of the guys, that, I guess, that used to work in the WWE or, or used to work oh, in NXT. Oh, um... He's the he's the artist Rob Schneider. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I can't pronounce his uh last name, but that's the yeah, artist. He yeah. uh he makes like this. He makes like portraits and shirts. Rob Schneider. Schneider okay. Something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Every time I see it, I think I I want to say you know Arnold Schwarzenegger because it looks like <laughs> it looks like a last name. Yeah, I think I know. Yeah, he tweeted out, and I don't know if this is, is it, you know you obviously I guess you saw this yeah, too. I saw where it. He said. He was, he's the most unprofessional person I have ever worked with, and that's just unbelievable. That's like the equivalent of saying, like, you go to, like, a restaurant, like, this is the worst place I've ever been to. <laughs> oh, my God. Bro, I'm telling you, man. Like, and, I, and it's not that I, it's not that I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, but, like, let's just say that, like, all the rumors that came out about Velveteen Dream, let's say that's not true. He still has a bad track record with everything else. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's, it's almost like as if it, that wasn't the only, like, if he didn't even do what he did, you know, with, with the, the child stuff and all that crap, it's like he still probably didn't have a big future because of how unprofessional he is, how he handles himself, how he mm -hmm. acts backstage. Yep. Again, that's one of the most important parts of being in a locker room, being in that in the wrestling business. And it's funny to have somebody like me preaching this, right? Because who am I? I'm a nobody. I, I, I've never been in the wrestling Listen, business Listen, you are a wrestling analysis. You are a journalist <laughs> for the Lucha Outsider Show, baby. All right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Keep hyping me up. Make my head a little bit bigger. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, it's just, it's funny how, like, I know all this stuff, right? You know all this stuff. Like, other people know all this stuff. You just know that you gotta handle yourself well backstage. You have to be well-respected. You gotta you gotta be a Brody Lee, man. And I, 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 I... If you know, you know. If you don't know what I mean by that reference, you know, I guess you've been living under a rock. But Brody Lee was the type of guy that legit was loved by everybody in the locker room, okay? And that's what you should strive to be any place you work. Because if not, it's just kind of like... Like, like, what are you doing? You know, like, it's just, again, no place for somebody like the Velveteen Dream in the wrestling business at all. So, like I said, his wrestling career is probably uh, done, buried, dead, and, you know, who knows? We, we, we will probably never hear from him ever again. Listen, when it comes to these releases, there's, like, two names in here that are definitely making congratulations of 2021. And boy, that's Velveteen Dream and Drake Wartz. They're definitely making the list. They're definitely yeah. making the list. Dude, 100%. So... I guess uh, let me go back to Impact Wrestling, and I guess we'll connect this with what's the releases. So this week on Impact Wrestling, they did another vignette for uh, for Slammiversary, and they added a couple more things to it. One was yes, you know, like the oh. yes thing, and then there was two like I guess eyes. One was like a sky blue, and the other one was pink. You know, the equivalent to the Iconics. Anyway, now with these NXT releases, because it's only a thirty day. Uh, you know, like, there's only a 30-day gap for them where they can't do anything. Anyway, yeah. they try to throw, like, a little bit of purple in there or something. 
Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Honestly, that that Daniel Bryan yes thing popped the shit out of me. Bro, I, <laughs> I'm literally like, I was like, oh my, like you gotta be kidding me! Like, yeah, you know, well played, Impact, well played, but nobody, nobody should take that into consideration as ever being a possibility. But you know, but you know what's funny though? You know what's funny? Um, I don't know if you got to watch Impact this week. Add on, on, on guess, I guess how. The impact talent, I guess the impact, in more sense, the impact higher up feel about impact wrestling, right? And don't get me wrong, their product is good, and I guess you could say they have enough, they have clout now, the fact that they're doing business again with New Japan, and they're um, semi-doing business with AEW, with obviously Kenny Omega is their world champion. Now, you can make the argument whether he's doing anything with that title or not, you can make that argument. But nonetheless, they, they are in business somewhat with AEW, you know, so I guess they have that clout a little bit to talk shit. So it's funny how... In the in-ring promo with Moose and Don Callis and Kenny Omega, Don Callis just goes like, "You could even win a title on Ring of Honor, <laughs> like, like even Impact is crapping on Ring of Honor, <laughs> right? When Impact's crapping on Ring of Honor, man, <laughs> <laughs> Ring of Honor is really in trouble. Oh man! Oh, you know what? Yeah. Let's let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about Ring of Honor really, really quick. They oh. announced. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ring of Honor. They announced for their next pay-per-view, I believe, Best in the World. They're going to have a live okay. audience, dude. They're, they're going to they're gonna right. be um, in Maryland, and they're going to have fans in there. And I'm like, man, this is great. I think it's a Sunday pay-per-view. Dude, you know what? Depending on how much our tickets are, I might be willing to take that drive. I'm not sure yet. Depending on... Because, listen, they have great talent, right? You know, yeah. you have a little L.I. Uh, Los Ingobernables, I believe La Facción Ingobernable. You know, my guy Jay Lethal, Jonathan Grisham. You know, the talent is always great in Ring of Honor. And that's not the criticism. It's like the booking and the creative, the biggest criticism. But I think now that they are making the return to fans, and, you know, us wrestling fans, we're hungry for content. We're hungry to go to live shows. I think this is the right step where Ring of Honor is like, let's get somebody to do create it for us let's get like come on let's let's you know let's accelerate this let's do something here and i think this is great for ring of honor no yeah i mean yeah it's it's definitely listen any anything that they can get that's positive news is you know that's got to be <laughs> a, a big big you know home run for for ring of honor so it's good that they're gonna be going back to uh you know a, a crowd of 10 people it's, <laughs> it's gonna be nice uh no. you know, to have <laughs> Yo. It's going to look no different, really, than what we've been getting. So, oh. you know, we'll just have a bunch of, uh, you know, some s smelly peckerheads, you know. I'll say they'll get the a couple of hundred. I'll, I'll say they'll get a couple of hundred. Go. A couple of hundred. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We, we, we should, as it gets closer, we should take over under bets how many people we think is going to be attendance at Ring of Honor's best uh, in the world. Because... I don't know, and, man. I just, the, yeah, and the pay-per-view is best in the world. Best in the world, yeah, right. Yeah, well, hey, you know, they, they still coin themselves the best professional wrestling on the planet. So, you know what? They want to keep talking like that. Um, the wrestling is good. I'm, I'm not going to shit on that. The talent's good. I'm not going to shit on that. Usually the pay-per-view cards they've been putting together, they're always solid. Um, you know, I'll give them that, even though it doesn't pique my interest. It's like, you know what? It's, this is not the worst card in the world. Um, you know, I'm not willing to pay for it by any means, but you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's not right. terrible. No, 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 I get it. I get um, it. but yeah, it, it's nonetheless good to see, you know, it's just good to see wrestling in general returning to live audiences. And I guess we could, this could be a little transition into, you know, the WWE yes. uh, allowing fans back and started touring this summer. It's just, it's just nothing makes me or I'm sure you, any other wrestling fan happier than wrestling shows coming back finally after over a year of, of, you know, not doing 
you know, shows in front of fans. Yeah, WWE made the announcement this week. July 16th, there will be the return of fans. I believe they're going to start in Texas. They, it's going to, I think the, 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 the press release was like a, a 25-city tour, whatever that fucking means. They only they only announced the, the Texas dates, I believe it's like Austin, Houston, and Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Dallas will be the Monday Night Raw, and I think Houston is Money in the Bank. I could be wrong with that, but... Uh, mm. Yeah, it oh, all yeah. it all starts uh, it all starts July sixteenth, and I guess we just kind of gotta wait and see where the next dates are going to be, what area. If it's rumored that SummerSlam is gonna take place in Vegas, but like, listen, if we get a a pay per view. I'm not gonna say Raw or SmackDown because I, I listen. I work, and I'm definitely not requesting a day off to go on Monday <laughs> Night Raw. But I will say, like, for a pay per view, like, if it comes to somewhere near the area, whether it's somewhere in New York or somewhere in Philly or you know, I don't. I doubt they'll be at the Presidential Center, but like somewhere near the area, I'll be willing to take that drive. Yeah, of course, me too, definitely, no doubt. I mean, I I don't pass up going to pay per views. So those are always going to be so special, and especially the WWE ones with how good they've been as of late mm-hmm. in the Thunderdome era. I mean, God, continue that trend, please. When fans come back, yes, because, yes, you know, I I really have been enjoying WWE pay per views, and you know, it's nothing better than going to a pay per view, right? It's ten times better than going to a a, a television show, you know, like that. So, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. It's just, it's great news in general for just everything coming back to normal and we can finally start going back to shows and it's just, it's it's just, it's great, man. It, it really is awesome. Like you said, the WWE pay-per-view Thunderdome era have been really, really good. Take away the zombie experience that we got on Sunday, but nonetheless, <laughs> the pay-per-views have been really good. They have to keep that momentum once they're fans in, in the crowds because it's like, okay, now there's the return of fans, and then you give us a shit product again? Like, come on now. What are you doing? Right, right. I know. Yeah, right. Imagine that the shows are, are, are great in the Thunderdome era, and then they go back to live audience, and they just forget how to how to translate that. I mean, I can definitely see it. Who knows? But the live crowd's got to help, uh, obviously. So, yeah, dude, I am pumped, and, and we'll see You know what the rest of the dates are whenever they announce that. Speaking of pay-per-views, we had a WWE pay-per-view last Sunday. WWE WrestleMania Backlash, which I think is such a stupid name, but nonetheless... I thought the whole show was good. I thought the matches delivered, except... <laughs> listen, man. What the fuck? I get it. They're promoting a movie. And listen, even though this match between Priest and Miz was awful, the zombies were terrible, Virk, uh, Virk the, the yeah. fucking announcer, what's his fucking Bad name? name yeah. Him trying to explain what zombies are, what's even... Oh. God. Even worse. Listen, this shit was a miss. It was terrible. Yes, WWE got paid to do this to promote a Batista movie. I understand all that. But I want to let all the peckerheads know. The WWE defenders saying, like, well, it's entertainment. Listen, you got shit on AEW for botches. Like the, the <laughs> explosion botch that we got at Revolution. You guys shit on Jericho falling into some mattresses and, and you know, whatever. Cardboard. But that was all... Not intentional, meaning like the way it was shot were botches, right? And with the explosion, it we didn't get the pop. That was a, a mishap. That, that was, it was a mistake. Wasn't planned out to be that way. The zombie right. things was intentional. It was supposed <laughs> yeah. to play out the way it played out. Like, who in their right mind thought this was going to be a great idea? If you wanted to promote the fucking movie, there were so many different ways to do it. If there's any silver lining, which is very, very slim, right? If there's any silver lining is that Damian Priest, by him doing this idiotic match and shenanigans with the zombies, it just raises Damian Priest's stock 
up because it's like, okay, this guy's even willing to pay play ball when we're giving him a pile of shit, if that makes any sense. Oh, completely, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was this couldn't have been any worse. It was cringe. It was uh, embarrassing. It was everything you could imagine it being, you know? I mean, if you didn't watch and I told you that there were zombies on a wrestling show, the uh, just everything that you're thinking in your head of how terrible that must have been, it was pretty freaking terrible. Like, it was right up to par with that. It was just something that obviously did not, not need to be done. I would have been fine if they just did what they did in the beginning where they, um, they had them coming out of the room, right? I think Miz or, or John Morrison opened, opened the door backstage at the zombies walking out. I would have been fine if they left it at a backstage thing like that. Would have been fine. Still stupid, but you know what? Would have just understood that promoting a movie let it happen back there and you could also say like oh you know uh, the Miz or John Morrison they were like daydreaming that who the hell knows I don't know you could have went with something like that but the fact that they brought it into the lumberjack match and they actually had it go down in the arena and it played a part in the match between Damian Priest and the Miz that shit was bad bro that was I I could not even believe what I was I literally wanted to turn it off I, I really did it was that that embarrassing yeah I mean it's just like you know what we all know that that wrestling scripted and you know, we all want our imagination to, you know, be there when you watch it and stuff like that. But I can't take this shit serious, bro. I mean, you can't tell me there's actually zombies there. And the fact that they're eat, eating the Miz in the middle of the ring after. I mean, dude, I watch The Walking Dead. I know what happens when somebody gets eaten by a zombie, okay? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, ugh, dude, it's bad, bro. It's bad. I, I didn't even go on Twitter and, like, talk and, like, rant about it on, on the Lucha Outsiders Twitter page because I just did not even, I had no, like, effort. I just had no, like, I just did not care enough to rant on it because everybody just knows how, how dumb it is. And it's WWE for you, you know? Like, like, nothing surprises me anymore. But I will say, it was so funny. I don't even know if you saw it. The New York Post apparently ripped WWE yeah. to shreds yep. on this, saying it's one of the worst things that they have ever done. And I could just imagine Vince and, and Bruce Prichard, uh, you know, reading the morning paper with their coffee on Monday morning and opening up the New York Post and seeing an article on that. They deserve to get ripped to shreds on that because it was just <laughs> complete dog shit. Two more things on the zombie shenanigans and we'll move on. Did you see Batista's tweet? Because people were fucking <laughs> yes. hammering him on Twitter. Pop this shit out of me. And he's like, do you think I fucking give a shit? Like, you know, you think I'm the one booking this shit? Like, and, and down those lines. And it's funny because it's like, okay, I get it. It's Batista's movie, but he's not booking this. He has no say <laughs> on what WWE is. even this- watching. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, how idiotic and stupid can you be? I remember doing the post. I posted it on Lucha Outsiders. Like, for those that actually think Batista had a say with what the shenanigans we saw tonight. And then some people were like, what people are saying that Batista was involved with this? Like, man, wrestling <laughs> fans could be so dumb, you know? Well, yeah, we got that right. Okay, one more thing on the zombie thing. You know what would have saved this segment for me? Oh, please, please tell me. Please tell me. Listen, forget about the zombies eating Miz out of nowhere, right? The zombies <laughs> would have been just performing this. <laughs> This, that would have popped me. If they would have just started dancing to Thriller, it would have popped me. That would have saved the whole segment. I would have accepted it. I would have had no problem with it whatsoever. Holy shit. No, that is that is tremendous. Oh, my God. I would have popped. I would have popped. If they would have just started Dude, dancing oh to Thriller, God. I would have popped. And I would have been like, you know what? This wasn't too bad. 
<laughs> oh, I think that would have popped everybody. I think that would have made everybody laugh. Yeah, if they would have just done some goofy comedy shit, I think they <laughs> just like made it seem like okay, these guys obviously aren't real zombies or whatever, and they were just uh, you know, in there just uh, I don't know, like if if the Miz and Morrison had something to do with it or something, I don't know. They could have saved it, but they didn't. And man, <laughs> it's just something that'll go down in WWE history as one of the. Like I said, if you're a wrestling fan and you still stick around after crap like this, yep. you know you're a real fan. Dude, Roman Reigns did it again. He once again had a phenomenal match on pay-per-view. While he did beat a guy, he also made a guy. Because while we all know Cesaro has everything in the world to be a main event player, I believe in this match, he showed everyone that he truly is a main event player. Because, man, this match was incredible. I added it to my list of matches that we need to talk about at the end of 2021. What a match, dude. And I'm so happy that Cesaro got this platform to showcase what he could really do. Only thing I haven't really enjoyed was the beatdown at the end. Like, this guy can't catch a break. And then he also gets beat down on Friday Night SmackDown. That's the only thing I didn't enjoy. But nonetheless, I, I think Roman Reigns, once again, he he's doing what he's doing. He's accomplishing. He's rejuvenating fucking talent. And he's adding... Stock to talent, and he did it once again. In, in this case, with Cesaro. Absolutely. I mean, when when you see that this match is going to take place between Cesaro and Roman Reigns, you envision the type of match that we got between these two guys. This is, was everything I could have ever asked for. Hard hitting, uh, great storytelling, man. Uh, just unbelievable stuff with, with, with the submissions and everything like that. It really just told a great story. Roman Reigns obviously got the best out of Cesaro, which doesn't really take much to get the best stuff out right. of Cesaro. I mean, when the guy is in prime position, he always delivers, and it's been long overdue that he's gotten a world title match and main events of a freaking pay-per-view, for Christ's sake, you know? Yep. Uh, it's just, it was awesome to see. It just felt like, it just felt like it was it was right, you know what I meant? Like, it just, seeing him in the main event, it just, it, it feels right. And I hope to see more of it down the line. I hope this really makes him into a big-time player, because I just, everybody's been clamoring him for becoming, for becoming world champion, you know, uh, it's long overdue, right? I mean, this guy's been in the company for how long now? And he's just so damn good. And he's been on all these tag teams and stuff like that. And he's had a decent run in WWE. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, but I just feel like it's for him to, to jump into the main event scene, especially on SmackDown right now, where it's it's kind of thin. I'll be honest. You yeah. know, no Daniel Bryan, no, no Edge. Um, there's not many guys I could see taking this belt off of Roman Reigns or really feuding with. And, um... I think Cesaro is the perfect guy for it, and I would not be upset whatsoever if this feud just continues throughout the summer because I just, like I said, I don't see anybody more perfect than Cesaro. Uh, I, I don't know why we needed to get the Seth Rollins beatdown at the end. I thought that was pretty stupid. Right. Uh, you could have just ended the show with Roman standing on top of Cesaro and Cesaro maybe getting up at the end. And you could pipe in some like um, you know cheers and thank you Cesaro's and stuff like that, and you can get up and and look defeated after you know you know waiting for so long to get a world title match on a pay per view and main eventing and then coming up short. You could have just done it like that, but of course they had to do some stupid angle, mm -hmm. which you know with Seth, Seth Rollins I didn't think was necessary, but nonetheless the match was freaking outstanding. More on WWE. We had a really great Fatal 4-Way main event on SmackDown. Paul Cruz defending the Intercontinental Championship against Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Big E. While the match was great, the biggest news coming out of this was the return of Aleister Black. 
and he attacked Big E. Did you see this coming, dude? No, I did not, but I'm very, very happy to see this man back on my television screen. He looked great. The only problem I have is, well, I guess because he's a heel, it's not going to work out, but I just feel like he's going after Big E. Why do we still need to see this guy in feuds with guys for no reason? You know, when he was feuding with with Buddy Murphy, right? Mm -hmm. They had a tremendous banger after banger after banger, right? But what were they feuding over? They were feuding over nothing. You've had this guy on the sidelines for so long now. Bring him back and immediately throw him into a title match. I'm not saying the world title match. Throw him into an Intercontinental Championship match. I know they don't want to, uh, you know, I guess maybe hurt anything that they're doing with Apollo and, and Commander Z right now. They, You know, I get that. He just won the belt. Give him a decent run with it. But you could have maybe held off on Aleister Black to come back and, and, and then debut him when he's ready to jump right into a title match, win it, and then just take himself to the next level. I just don't need to see him feud with Big E for the next few months over nothing. But I'm glad, nonetheless, he's back. The gimmick looks sick. It's just always great to see this dude back on, on my TV screen. And it's just mind-boggling that he's been gone for so long doing absolutely nothing. Because this dude instantly, when he's there, he's a freaking star. Yeah, man. 310%. I guess the only connection I could make Alistair Black kind of having this uh, feud with Big E is Big E is everything that Alistair Black is not, right? Alistair Black is a dark figure. Obviously, you can uh, hear from his promos how he's uh, not embracing the light, etc., etc. Big E, on the other hand, his promos is kind of like a preach to the choir, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of like light versus the dark. That's the only connection I can make here. But yeah, I do agree with sometimes you put Alistair Black in this feud for no reason. Like there's no backstory to it. That, like I said, and I could be pulling this one out of my ass in the sense where that's the only connection I can make here. But yeah, hopefully we get some type of story on why Alistair Black did attack Big E. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Nonetheless, it's great to see Alistair Black back, and I think that's where all, what we're all happy about mostly. But. I, uh, you know, it's just not, it, it wasn't just about bringing him back now. It's about what you're going to do with him next, right. you know? And I'm happy to see him back, but let's see what they do with him now. Let's see if he's just another guy or if they make him into the star that we all know he could and should be, you know? All right, dude, two more things and we'll wrap up. Davey Richards, he's making his return to wrestling and he signed a deal with MLW. This is big, man. He was actually at an indie show last night in Jersey. I was like this close of considering a point. He was actually there and. People were taking like video clips and putting pictures, posting pictures on him, and he looked really, really happy. So he looks like he's in a better place now. I'm really curious to see what he does in MLW. Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, you know it, it's it's great to see him back in wrestling. I mean, I I was such a huge fan of them, of Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards as the Wolves, man. Uh, and their their TNA run was awesome. Back in Ring of Honor, back yep. in the day, Davey was awesome. Uh, hey, you know what? He left wrestling to. I guess do what he was really passionate about, which was being a firefighter, right? Or, or a doctor. So, or he was, uh, I don't know if he paramedic. was like a, a paramedic. Um, maybe he was a firefighter too. It's something down those lines though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, he, he did that. Um, and maybe he still does that on the side, but it's great to see him come back to professional wrestling. Cause he was really good at yeah. it. So yeah. for him to just leave, you know, it was kind of like, Oh man, if you're so good at something like that, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, he followed his heart and, um, yeah, man, MLW is, is gearing up for that big show in July. So this is, uh, Let's see who else they add, because I don't think Davey Rich is going to be the only surprise that, yeah. that's going to be MLW. So, um, yeah, really cool stuff. And I don't, I guess so he signed with MLW, so I guess he can appear on like something like Impact, right? It all depends. Like, all the MLW deals are different, so uh, yeah. it all depends so, on how what kind of deal he signs with MLW. It'd be cool to see him back on Impact, man. Uh, who, who knows? But uh, 
Yeah, great to see David Richards back in wrestling. Yeah. One last thing. Last weekend, there was a big GCW show. Late night, too, because, you know, they, they were doing it in Vegas. So I think the show started at 11. I stayed up and watched the whole show. The whole show was incredible. But... The biggest thing coming out of that show was at the ending, as expected, John Moxley made his appearance and they ended up brawling. And what I mean they, it's Moxley and Nick Gage. They ended up beating the shit out of each other to the streets of Vegas where yeah. talent was getting involved trying to separate them. And like imagine, let's say you're not a wrestling fan, right? And you're driving down the strip wherever in Vegas and you just see these two dudes beating the shit out of each other. Like, what do you do? The people are probably like, well, just another day in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> probably had no clue. Like, probably just didn't even phase him because I'm sure it happens quite a few times over there. Dude, where is this match taking place? Dude, I know you're the big GCW guy. I, I'm, not, I'm not as big. I need to know, bro, where is this match taking place? Where do you see this happening at this point? I can't see it anywhere besides Jersey. It's got to happen in AC, man. Uh, AC, in many ways, is like GCW's home. And I can't see it happening anywhere else. I expect, you know, big announcements, some type of announcement between Moxley and Gage. In the coming weeks, there's a big GCW weekend happening in two weeks, which if everything goes according to plan, if there's no changes in, in what's going on with me or whatever, I'll be at those shows. I'm expecting some type of announcement there. You know, if I if I was a betting man, I expect a big announcement and maybe it'll happen at GCW's homecoming weekend, which is, I gave you the dates, I think, uh, last weekend. I think it's July 24th and 25th. That's what oh, I expect. Yeah, it's down for one of those. Yeah, that's what I expect. You know, plans could always change, but yeah, dude, I, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I think. Mox and Gage, AC, that weekend. Good. That's what I like to hear, man. I, I want to see that match so badly. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because, you know, I wasn't at spring break this year, and I'm like, you know what, if I can't be at spring break to see, like, you know, Moxley and Gage interacting with each other, I need to be there at the actual match. And, of course, if it's in Atlantic City, man, that's not too far away from the both of us. So, and I know you've been going to shows there, too. I, I have yet to go to one. But what better first show to go to than a main event match of that quality, you know? And especially after watching the Nick Gage documentary. And, um, you know, that's just like a like a dream match now that I never really, like, you know, envisioned happening until, obviously, Mox left the WWE and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be so fun. And I just, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll end up being there. I'm just, I'm I'm waiting for an announcement at this point. I They could keep Braun. He could keep showing up at all these games. <laughs> each other. I'm just waiting for a freaking match announcement at this point. Oh, man, dude. Uh, GCW, they put all their shows on Fight TV. I expect right. that whenever that whenever this match takes place for whatever card it is, whether it's Homecoming Weekend or a future show, I expect their num- their fight numbers to go up, which is great for GCW. Like They, they deserve it because given so much opportunities for talent that now are signed to AEW and WWE, so... You know, GCW de- deserves the credit they deserve, and and you know, I hope that those fight numbers go way up for this match. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Listen, John Moxley equals ratings, yes. brings in view, and so, yes. and especially if they keep doing uh, a great build like they are doing with this, it just makes that match that much bigger. So uh, we got a fun summer, man. We, between <laughs> Andrade and Kenny Omega, you know. The return of WWE, you know, with live fans. We had a Ring of Honor announcing with live fans. We potentially have Moxley engaged. And we're and who knows, by next Sunday, 
we'll get a better idea on what's happening for All Out, which I'm praying it happens in Chicago, dude. Me too, dude. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I hope so, man. I hope so. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. All right, dude. That's it, man. That's all we got for today's episode. We we still hit two hours. We almost hit two hours, dude. Yeah, it's not really hard, man. Like I said, it's easy to talk to you about wrestling. And we, you know, like I said last week, could probably go on you know, for hours and hours upon hours and talk you know, in depth on so many different things and so many different topics. So it's, it's ne- never hard to, to, you know, to get everything in and, you know, go two hours. All right, dude, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right. Follow at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. I'm a straight shooter on there. So, uh, you know, interact and, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be a fun time at Royal underscore ramble underscore wrestling on instagram shout out brian sendex trying to get his followers back up after losing his account sadly so it definitely sucks man follow Ugh. follow them and uh you know wrestle radar on twitter and instagram as well as youtube the wrestling radar got some content on there go check it out go subscribe and i will always throw in my personal if you really care at ryan underscore <laughs> monorano on instagram and on twitter not really too much wrestling on my on my own twitter accounts uh, or really my instagram just of my life so if you really care that much about me go follow if not i don't give a shit right now if you go to at lucha outsiders on instagram if you go to our link tree there's a link there for the lucha outsider show snapback the official lucha outsider show snapback and get those we have them in stock you know buy them up buy buy the hats you know it's a dope hat uh ryan could attest to this i have a hat leo has a hat our our friends from chicago has a hat mr dream from dream match wrestling he has a hat Great hats, great quality. I can't praise the hat enough, not just because it's our brand of hat, but it's just an amazing hat. You know, it has a dope logo to it. So there's a link tree, link in Instagram. So check that out. Also, you can follow me at Rated R since 87. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I do SoundCloud. You want to be fancy Apple Podcasts soon on MSCloud, LowShield.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. Follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And that is it for the old man Leo that's not here. For our double Ryan radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep a radar and stay too smart. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>